0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Tradical Crypto Show. Today's guest, well, he's somebody out there in Thailand at the moment, and uh, really interesting, the project that we're going to talk to, a lot about privacy. Of course, in this modern day and age, uh, there is a lot of talk about privacy, especially with Facebook at the moment, with the Libra token as well, as uh, what they've been up to with the nefarious activities and whatnot. So privacy has become a very, very key topic, not just in cryptocurrencies and crypto assets, but as a global Viewpoint: The world is starting to get a bit more savvy and smart as to what amount of information are going out there. So I thought it was a perfect time to sit down and have a chat with Ruben Yat, the uh at Zcoin. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you so much for having me and it's a pleasure to be on.
0: Oh, man, I'm looking forward to this one. It's really important that we understand a little bit about your background first. Now, from my understanding, you were 10 years as a corporate lawyer. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right. Um I did. I mean, mostly corporate work, but I also did a lot of work for governments, uh, like especially my state government, uh, advising them on the appropriate laws. Uh, so that was pretty interesting as well. And yeah, I, I did that for ten years, but also alongside, I also ran a leading uh, VPN provider in Southeast Asia since 2007, and it's wow. actually still running today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's those are the two main things that I've been doing, and. Uh, I still run my VPN business on the side. It's more or less self-sustainable, but I'm no longer doing law. I'm I'm now full-time in in Zcoin.
0: So, I mean, the question has to be asked. Mm. Why walk away uh, from what sounds like a great business and also a great career? (coughs) What brought you into this space, the crypto asset space? What Mm. was it that was compelling for you to bring you into this, I guess, new frontier?
1: Uh, I actually came across um, cryptocurrencies in about 2012, 2013 about that, and uh, because I was running a VPN service, um, and we were more like a niche provider, and we really prided ourselves on the privacy. We are like, no locks, you know, off jurisdiction, and we also had certain things to, to improve privacy. And a lot of people were saying, "Well, what's the point that I get all this privacy if I can't pay privately?" And of course, then, you know, the understanding of Bitcoin wasn't that great. And, and now we all know that Bitcoin isn't anonymous or, or private in any sense. However, at uh, that time, people were saying, why didn't you accept Bitcoin? And I was like, okay, can I convert this into cash? And I found someone who would take it for cash. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to accept this and see how that goes. And that's kind of forced my first exposure to cryptocurrencies. And after that, I'm... Played a lot. and I, I got into mining. I bought some of the really early, uh, like ASIC cube miners and and wow. ant miners. Uh, even S ones, S twos. Um, I was pretty big <laughs> in into mining, which uh, was quite fun. And um, then after that, um, what else did I do? Yeah, so I got involved like in a couple of projects more on a like hobby basis. Uh, I wrote some documentation for Dash. Uh, I was also involved in NEM. And I guess a lot of my experience uh, in running Zcoin also comes from the insights that I gained while kind of like, you know, being involved in those communities. Because, you know, Dash used to be about privacy and and fair distribution, and now it's a different animal entirely. And I kind of feel that Zcoin was kind of what Dash or then Darkcoin was aiming to be.
0: So it's all been around privacy. I mean, the VPN side of thing also sort of speaks to that as well. What is it about privacy that's really sort of driven you to you know, push so hard and to <coughs> go down the path that you've been? Like, what, what are your beliefs, your core beliefs and desires around privacy to therefore, you know, go out there and push Zcoin?
1: Like, I mean, Malaysian, I mean, I wouldn't say they're we have a horribly oppressive government, but it's not the most fair and free. And we have been, you know, um, we have seen like, you know, people can be targeted if you're of interest and stuff like that, right? And I feel that privacy is actually, you know, people always say that it's about hiding something, which really isn't the case. It's more about choosing what you want to reveal to the world. Why do I go out wearing clothes, yeah, because I don't want to see people see my private parts, right? Or, or why am I not uh, posting my bank account for everyone to take a look at? And and people get that, you know, when you tell a yeah, of course, privacy is important. But when it comes down to financial privacy, for some reason, people, uh, I think, you know, especially governments, uh, they have been saying that, oh, yeah, financial privacy it's important, but mainly for money laundering and, 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 and like anti-terrorism and all this sort of stuff. Which is really unfortunate because um, privacy is a basic human right. And, and in the era of big data, especially like, you know, large mega corporations like Facebook or Google and whatnot, which is gathering information from every single aspect of our lives. And now, you know, with Libra and all these things, that's kind of like the complete loop, right? What we do, what we spend on, how much we have and who we are. Everything is there. And now that gives any and not just governments, but large entities too much power. You know, people saying that you're not going to get singled out, but it is still an immense amount of power and it will be abused. Uh, you know. And we have seen all these large organizations, um, they haven't really protected our privacy at all. There's been numerous data breaches, data leaks, some of them as if like they don't even care. Yeah. Uh, and I'm saying like, look, if no one's going to, if governments can't protect us, if institutions can't protect us, uh, or like big companies definitely wouldn't protect us, their their, their money is our data, yeah. uh, then we have to take privacy for ourselves. And, and that's kind of uh, where why i think privacy is important i think snowden uh, really really illustrated that yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely and he's paid the price yeah um, okay so i mean that makes sense as to why it's important it's important to all of us that to decide that it's important i mean for some people you know their privacy they couldn't care less for others <clears throat> it's a very very real thing that we want to be able to keep private right um so i guess my question is next is when did Zcoin actually start? Like, I mean, obviously, a company starts before a token is listed, for example. When, when did you actually get this bad boy up and running?
1: Uh, it was actually launched in September 2016. Uh, and it was on Mainnet. It was listed on Bittrex. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we've been around since then. We had a really rocky start. Um, and, you know, then the, the scene was very, really, very really different. You, like, you could have one-man, two-man teams. And... And that was what Zcoin was in the nutshell when we began. Uh, but of course, it's a different animal today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've had some pretty astronomical yeah. price, Robin. Currently, you see <laughs> what, 70 odd million market cap. Is that right? I think 80, 80? 80. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, you did see a token price of around about 150 odd or 140. Yeah, odd that, that was started. nuts. <laughs> it that, I mean, that was during the period where everything was nuts, right? Um, right. When we saw. We saw the alt season uh, and Mm -hmm. it really went nuts and it made a lot of people very, very wealthy. Those that Mm -hmm. were able to get out, a lot of them didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been around for a while. I mean, what sort of, I guess what, you've been around for a couple of three years now, right? Or nearly three years. So what clients have you got and and where are you actually using the technology to help or to benefit or however it's meant to be used for individuals Mm -hmm. or corporations? Can you give us some examples as to how and (coughs) what you're working with at the moment?
1: Sure. I mean, like, you know, we always think that, yeah, in you know, cryptocurrencies, they're all fun and dandy, but if no one's using them, a utility is the main thing, right? And And I mean, that's why even Dogecoin... Uh, even though it like, has no development whatsoever. I'm assuming there are a bunch of people still using it and as a community base and stuff like that. And I think the key thing is to make sure that we're not just something for speculative. I think almost all cryptocurrencies are speculative right now, including Bitcoin. Uh, and I think like looking in the next five years or so, uh, we're looking at like the, the projects that last will be those that actually have actual utility. So where, where do we see cryptocurrencies being used? So we are sort of like trawling our, our strategies mainly in Thailand because our founders is based there and he has the necessary licenses to make it happen. Yep. Uh, and one of the cool things that we did uh, like just as an illustration of blockchain and privacy technology was in Thailand, uh, in the Thailand Democrat Party last year in around like October, November, where we actually helped them to run their uh, primary elections to select their party leader. And that was a pretty interesting case because uh, they wanted to do e-voting, but the candidates were actually not comfortable uh, using any sort of traditional system. They said, I don't trust anyone. I don't trust the election commission. How can I store the votes in a way and record the votes in a way that I know wouldn't be tempered. And Zcoin was used, uh, our public blockchain, not just our technology. And over 127,000 votes were cast, which I think makes it the worst first um, <coughs> a large-scale political election in the world. And the other thing that we're trying to do is we're, we're actually... Because, like, you know, the traditional ways of getting, like, merchant adoption, such as the Bitcoin and Dash, has been, like, you know, you go to a store, you could try to convince them, yeah, let's take the funny money and I hope you convert it and stuff like that. And that's fine and dandy, but... It's not really scalable, right? I mean, anyone who has tried it will realize maybe in a couple of months, they stop accepting it because no one uses it, right? Yep. And we feel that for crypto adoption to make sense, at least in the beginning, it needs to be in such a way that the merchants don't have to change anything they do. They can get cash. I think that's really important. You can't expect them to hold crypto or tell them to go to an exchange and convert it. And it has to be, you don't need a new point of sale system. You don't need to train people to use wallets and things like yeah. that. It has to be just seamless. Seamless. <coughs> and uh, right now in Thailand, it's a really good place to do it because they have this nationwide QR code system called PromPay. And it's a government backed and it links to directly to bank accounts uh, like that. And there are over 2 million merchants in uh, Thailand using it with over 30 to 40 million registered users. That's almost like half the entire Thai population. Wow. And because we, have, we are one of the three license, uh, the license holders, or rather our founder holds one of the three licenses to have a cryptocurrency exchange to do conversions, we have managed a way to say, whenever there's a PromPay system, we can do an end-to-end conversion from Zcoin directly to PromPay. The merchant gets Thai bar. And I managed to spend my Zcoin with very, very little slippage. So it means effectively now that I can use Zcoin nationwide uh, using an existing system uh, and totally within the law. And I think that would be a really good way to start crypto adoption mm. and just tell people, hey, you know, I can accept this. I can convert this to money. Then people would be more likely to say, yeah, maybe I want to hold some Zcoin rather than, than converting it to Thai back. I think that's really interesting. Mm. <clears throat> and one of the other things that we are trying to work with is that there are other blockchain companies, uh, not block, well, there are other companies that are thinking about using blockchain, but they have like privacy concerns, especially with asset transfers. And they would like a privacy system, whether it's like, you know, uh, a stable coin or some mm. other type of asset. And they, a lot of the systems currently today do not have any sort of privacy protections. And we'll be having a layer, uh, what we call the Exodus layer, on top of Zcoin that allows you to launch your own token, and you would have all the privacy features that Zcoin has.
0: Oh, well, <coughs> so it's, it's great to hear. <coughs> my government as well, <laughs> you're right there, mate. the uh, the tiger, I mean, look, I actually said at the start that you were coming out of Thailand. I was wrong. It was because we mm. just discussed. Uh, actually- yeah. Asia, uh, yeah. that the, you've actually been using uh, or working with the Thai government um, in, in the voting sort of thing, which is fantastic to hear. So, I'm mean, just stepping forward a couple of steps. Obviously, you know, you, you've got real world application. You can work with the Thai government. You've got this uh, system set up for the BART. So, therefore, people can transact. And as you say, that on-ramp to being practically usable. People can actually yeah. have practicality to this beyond just speculation, which I think is a really positive thing as well. You've been around for nearly three years now. So as far as crypto goes, it's a, it's a fairly uh, entrenched in the, in the, in, you know, in the markets. Um, I've right. been around for a long time considering most projects sort of came out in 2017 during that yep. ICO run and most yep. died out as well. So, I mean, as far as other privacy tokens and coins go, I mean, we mentioned before, so you mentioned before in the pre-interview, talking about something going on with Monero, do you care to elaborate on that or is that true? Sure. Uh,
1: I mean, like the main, like I think, you know, everyone talks about privacy tokens are all the same. They are actually very, very different and each privacy token has its own set of trade-offs. And, um... Like Bitcoin, you know, has some kind of privacy features if you use mixers and stuff like that. Monero also uses privacy technology and there's Zcash and all this other stuff. Uh, just, just really quickly, they are not all the same. They, they are different. And it makes a real world of difference depending on how much privacy you want. Uh, because like stuff like narrow or coin mixers and things like that, basically what they're doing is that you're hiding your transactions in the crowd. Like, you know, I'm mixing my coins with other people or like, you know, trying to do decoy transactions. And the problem with that is that with certain types of analysis, uh, you know, if I do repeated transactions, for example, suddenly if I am like, you know, um, like one out of 10, if the same one out of 10 transacts with the same person over and over, there starts to be like a pattern, mm-hmm. right? And or it also, like for example, with Bitcoin mixers, there's maybe only a, a small pool of people mixing. And okay. th- that's the kind of a problems with that. So with our technology, the coins actually disappear. So you destroy your coins and at any time in the future, you can redeem them. And that means they appear as brand new coins with no previous transaction history. And we think that's a much more superior uh, version of privacy because um, uh, the, the, the way the, the way that I like to describe it is like, for example, if I'm using like Monero, I'm using uh, like Bitcoin mixers, I'm kind of like in a plane and I'm let out of fart. and I know like... So the, the people around me know that someone around me farted, but they can't actually tell who. And that's kind of how decoy transactions work. You're hiding in the crowd. Yeah. But uh, with our type of technology, it's more like I'm farting in a plane, and it just disappears. And it can there's no or the no, and it could be several flights later, and I suddenly make it appear again. Yeah. Yeah. The the smell then comes like I don't know.
0: I love the analogy Yeah, yeah. The
1: I've heard on the show, <laughs> the best,
0: most random analogy. You win that one, my man. You win that one, Ruben. So you've been working with Monero or someone at Monero for a little bit. Is it, you know, are they, I mean, it, it seems quite touchy because you've got the technology. Um, I guess you're
1: competitive.
0: Um, I mean, how close do you get? What, what do you, I mean, obviously anything you're going to share with them, you want to bring out first, right?
1: Right, And I believe, uh, so this is, uh, the collaborations is really in relation to something called Lelantis, which is one of our own uh, home developed, or not home developed, but our own developed uh, privacy system. Yeah. And Monero's looking at ways to improve their privacy system. Uh, they're looking at Lelantis as a potential uh, privacy building block for them, but they will be implementing it differently uh, in the sense that, the way that we've been discussing. So, we're you know, of course, we are saying like, yeah, we're competitors, but I think we should work together in, in improving the technology. And we're still doing it in different ways. Even though the technology is same, similar, they are planning to use our who well, are not planning, but more like exploring to use our technology. And let's say, instead of like Monero now, you're mixing with like 10 or 11 different people. What if now I'm mixing with a thousand people? Yeah. Or two thousand people or so, the, the the anonymity increases a lot. For us, we're using it in a different way, in the sense that it destroys and then reappears again. Uh, so I do think that there's differentiators there, and there are both pros and cons to each approach. I don't think it's necessarily um, against to to not collaborate in the space uh, as long as there are clear differences in in how we're doing it.
0: And I mean, look, you've, you've got this, you touched on it earlier. I, for one, first of all, I think that's really good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being able to collaborate and work together, that's how an industry moves forward faster. Being able to share technology, I think mean, it's a fantastic way of looking at it, uh, not being mm-hmm. inclusive. Uh, so well done for that. But you, you touched on it earlier a little bit about how uh, you've got a hard fork coming up. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what that means and what, what's happening?
1: Sure. So um, we, you know, Zcoin was actually named after the protocol called Zerocoin. Uh, which I think was a paper way back uh, maybe 2014, 2015. And it was the first kind of coin that like destroyed the protocol that kind of destroyed and reappeared. Uh, but there were really big issues of zero coin. First of all, now it's kind of broken. There was a flaw in one of the zero knowledge proofs, which we actually identified. Mm-hmm. And it's also not very scalable. The proof sizes are like 50 times the size of a regular Bitcoin transaction, wow. and it's quite slow to verify. it takes about zero point three seconds to verify a single transaction, which sounds like a little bit, but when you're trying to scale it 's a long time mm. now with sigma uh it's basically an improved zero coin uh you know it has you know the proof sizes are only like three times larger than Bitcoin, so it's a lot better, and it solves all the issues. And one of the really, really key things is that it doesn't have what something what we call trusted setup, and, and trusted setups in Zcash, uh, it was in Zcoin, uh, zero coin as well. And trusted setup is basically when you first create the privacy system, you need to trust people to have destroyed the initial parameters. So it's kind of like. You know, like in the Law of the rings, I have this like master ring, right? And I need to make sure that it's destroyed or if someone has control over me. And and that's kind of a, a way to take a look at uh at trusted setup. And we feel that as blockchain, which is supposed to be not about trust, it's about not having to trust anybody, you verify it yourself. And and trusted setup is the antithesis to that. So um, Sigma doesn't use trusted setup, so I guess it's the first going to be the first deployed zero knowledge proof system uh, that uses this burning and redeeming mechanism that doesn't have trusted setup. So I think it's a pretty exciting in the privacy space. Oh.
0: Yeah, well, look, it's uh, there's a lot of <coughs> learning uh, through speaking to. You. I appreciate your time in a huge way. I mean, we haven't covered privacy coins um, and whatnot. <coughs> on this show before really I don't believe so it's Hmm. a really eye-opening experience for me to hear what you guys are doing to know you've been around for such a long time hearing the vision that that you wish to you know work towards and the fact that you've come from a very steady and strong place as far as you know your prior life of you know being an entrepreneur and a, a corporate lawyer as well so it seems like you've got a good team you've been around for a long time you've got a good market cap hopefully you continue to see more and more success last question is where can people find out more information about zcoin and uh, what you guys are up to
1: uh, of course i think the best place well we're really active on twitter on zcoin official and uh, we have a very of course we have a website at zcoin.io we post regular updates on our youtube channel and we have a very very active uh, telegram community with uh, more than like ten thousand people who are really active uh joining us uh, so just go to our website at zcoin.io and there are all the links at how you can get involved where you can buy us i think we are traded on all the major exchanges like yep. binance bridge rates uh, so pretty well covered and i think we also have a lot of uh, like i think in australia we're on CoinTree if i'm not mistaken okay. and and uh we have a lot of interesting fiat pairings like turkish lira indonesian rupee and and all this other stuff so we hope to welcome more people to zcoin well mate
0: it's been a pleasure talking with you get across the twitter check out the website and have a bit more of a read into this if this interview is anything at all that was interest of interest to you i thank you so much for your time ruben it's ruben yap c-o-o of zcoin thank you so much for your time once again
1: thank you so much
0: ladies and gentlemen have a fantastic day bye for now